Hi, this is Tom Sohn and welcome to the Anonymous Landlord podcast. And I've got a veteran Anonymous Landlord interviewee with me right here. Someone who I now associate as a good friend now, very successful guy in property. This is probably one of my favorite guests now. And he's gonna tell you all about making money in property, focusing on the right areas, but also Mr. Ryan Luke is gonna give us his story on what the hell he's been up to over the last couple of years while everybody else has been struggling with COVID and interest rate rises and Brexit and all these crazy things that we've all had to endure. Mr. Ryan Luke has smashed it. So I'm not gonna take up any more time. Hello, mate. Hey, how are you? I'm uh, very well, how are you? Yeah, I mean, a bit, of a bit of a hero introduction, which, you know, don't get me wrong, it, it, it has not been easy whilst everyone else has been. <laughs> I just make it look that way, but uh, there's a lot of early mornings and late nights in there. And uh, as you'll know, I think uh, building any businesses is very much hard, hard work. And I think these people that live by this four hour work week uh, full of shit to be honest <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but no thank you very much i appreciate it well look it, it was a hero intro because there are a lot of people that have seen your journey and we were just talking about it just now back to the first anonymous landlord podcast and how much things have changed so so look let's start off with People that don't know you, what do they need to know about you? Yeah, um, well, Ryan, obviously uh, from Newcastle. I um, started Airbnb, as people know it, uh, back in 2019. And as we stand here today in 2022, we operate about 80, 90 million quid's worth of property across 34 worldwide locations. <laughs> Probably any day now, we're about to open up in the USA. And it's just, you know, gone from strength to strength, really. So very much specialize in short-term rentals now. I know we were speaking before about, you know, diversification and kind of what you're doing. But for me now, it's, it's very much that's the focus and has been for the last probably 18 months. Pretty much since COVID started to die off, we, we kind of just, you know, as I kind of said earlier, like if you're good at something, just do more of it and, you know, just keep doing it and doing it. And I think for me, it's, I've always got a, a vision on this exit plan and I've always had that even since the early days of like, figuring out this was actually a business, then I figured out this is actually a business with some value. I've always had this exit plan and I'm just kind of striving for that at the minute and just, just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Whether I take it or not at the time, I don't know, but at least we can get there and see. What I love about what you just said there was about having something to focus on and sticking with it. And it's a really good, it's not just a property rule, is it? It's a business rule. If you think back to early days of I don't know, the United States of America, right? When they first came up with the train, the most successful business people in that era focused on the trains and they went all in on the trains. They didn't give a shit about anything else. They focused on that and made a ton of money out of that and built their lives for generations to come. And I think property and any business really is that same thing in that what you want to do is set your sights on something that you think is going to work, make your formula, make your model, make your strategy and stick to it, right? Yeah, I, th I think, I mean, t yes, in the main 95%, obviously we got thrown a few curveballs a few years ago. So 
you know, when you're in the short-term rental game and Boris Johnson's telling everyone that the country's locking down and no one's allowed to move out of the house, then, um, you know, you start to panic a bit. And, and then sure enough, I think that week we had something like 471 cancellations and it was just like, right, where does this end? Uh, and, you know, spreadsheets out, how much cash have we got? At what month do we go bust? And, you know, it was, it was quite leery. So I think at that point, I was very much full on serviced accommodation. And um, I kind of had to make some adjustments. I had a few properties that I'd bought on the BRR strategy that were completing. So I decided to take some tenants on. I then did a bit of you know HMO stuff as well, turned a few of my rent to rent into HMOs, the bigger ones. So kind of started diversifying a bit. But as COVID kind of left us, I, I just I've just got no passion for tenants. I've just served five, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I've, I've just served five section 21s. I want them out. I want the properties back. Nice people, um, but I want those properties back. I know I can make more money from them. I am, I've literally, today actually marks the two week possession uh, notice period for one of my tenants who owes me nine and a half grand. Uh, needless to say, I'm now gonna have to pay to get bailiffs in there. I had a tenant that I moved in in COVID who just trashed the place. I've just had no luck with tenants. So for me, I'll choose a guest all day long over a tenant. And that's definitely driven, I think, not only the monetary side of it, but you know the experience I've had with tenants. And that might come down to me, the way that we're managing them, the way that we're checking on them. You know, obviously you've got a very successful, you know, agency and, you know, I'm pretty sure you've got these headaches, but maybe not on, on the same level. Yeah, for me, it was just, I've just got no passion in tenants. So for me, it's, it's like all in short-term rentals. But what I have done over the last, I guess, two years is really, you know, niche down into the type of guests that we're bringing into the property. And we do it a bit differently, I think, to most. And that's definitely helped with our scale and our growth because I almost, needless to say, say we don't do tourism anymore. And I definitely don't do weekenders anymore. And that makes our job a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. So. Uh, but we've worked very hard to get it. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. And, and the serviced accommodation sector, if you like, let's call it the sector, that's boomed over the last couple of years. And there's been so much development around the country that I've seen a lot of rent-to-renters, rent-to-serviced accommodation, rent-to-HMO type of uh, investors, they've all been coming to my agencies and saying, hey, can we rent this? Can we do a company let from you? And, you know, that gets my attention as well, because I look at that and think, well, okay, if you're looking at it, then I should be looking at it. And like I said to you earlier, that's how I've got into rent-to-rents myself. But what are you seeing in, in that sort of area? And, and let me just quickly add to that, because there's a lot of people that are landlords of just regular straight out buy to let properties that might be looking for other ways that they can make more money from their properties yeah so i think there's kind of two, probably two answers to the question there so one is serviced accommodation or short-term rentals as i call it is is seen as a shiny penny syndrome sort of model and i think on the surface looks great everyone's posting all these massive revenues coming in but what you find, we're actually acquiring a few businesses at the minute who are smaller operators who, you know, maybe two, three years into it. And they've, you know, they've not leveraged, they've not automated, they've not got staff and they're just like 24 seven job, you know, and, and they're just like, that is short term rentals. The, yeah. the revenue on the front end's a nice bit, but you know, that doesn't keep you motivated enough if you don't systemize the back end, you know, like, like I've done and, and get yourself out the ops. And I think there's a lot of, People, you know, go on training courses, uh, you know, watch YouTube videos, whatever. 
do the sort of rent to SA model, but do it very badly. And I think when regulation and stuff comes in, licensing, things like that, I think it will really help the industry. The buyers, I would say, streets ahead on that front. There's a lot of regulation. You've, every property's got the license. There's certain things that you have to have in the properties, and it just makes it so much more professional, and it works so much better. So I'm all in favor of that. I think you've, we've seen the kind of, prior to COVID, short-term rentals was very popular because of that reason, uh, the shiny penny sort of syndrome then COVID hit and everyone was like oh well I know I promised you five years rent guarantee but actually I, I have no money anymore so there's the key part which didn't actually do us any favors because then when we were trying to speak to landlords about it they were like well yeah I had someone say that like last time and then I've got my keys back so but um now that that's gone away again obviously now it's become popular again and everyone's kind of flooding back into the market so I think you're always going to have that but as long as you know you're a brand you've got trust and you're, you're you're ahead of the game and you're doing it professionally i think you'll always you know do, do well from it um in terms of landlords who are running by let portfolios we are definitely starting to see a lot more now asking us or wanting to engage in our management side of things rather than the fixed rent guarantee they're wanting a bit more lion's share of the profit and i think a lot of them when we speak to them are just very similar stories to mine like just sick of tenants uh, they're not making enough money off them now they've obviously got mortgage interest rises so it's just kind of they're, they're looking at ways right okay well how you know how can i make more money from from the property out and have less hassle so either one works for us you know we'll uh, you know i prefer rent rent to make more money but you know i'm um, honestly it's not about us it's about the client and if we can have a management client they want to give us all their portfolio and manage it for a long period of time then that works for us as well and it works for them because they then get to earn more money and therefore they'll probably more than likely reinvest that money into more property and then naturally give that back to us as well so it's kind of a full circle and i've actually got one landlord who he had 20 i think he had, he had about 21 properties when i first met him uh this was back when i very first started and i kind of was renting you know through his portfolio as they were coming off and the last two years he's been basically saying where can i buy that works for you so he's been buying for us but for him as well but still on the fixed rent guarantee. But in the last two months, he's like, I've got four properties coming up for end of tenancy and I'm gonna kick them out. I want you to manage them this time. So he's like, I'll furnish them, I'll do it. So he's now wanting more of a lion's share of, of, of the money in. Um, so I think there is a bit of a change there in mentality with landlords and, and just what's going on. And you know, at the end of the day, landlords are business people in the main and they just want to increase their profitability keep their costs down and, and make as much as they can and, and reinvest that money and i think short-term rentals gives you that opportunity and i also think it protects you on the downside from things like mortgage interest rates increasing tenants not paying i mean the, the laws uh, don't get me started on tenants honestly the laws are just <laughs> like even even the message i got off the, the solicitor yesterday <coughs> You can pay, I think it was 260 quid to get it done in like a normal court and it'll take 12 to 16 weeks. Or you can pay 1500 quid and get it done like within four to eight weeks to the high court. It's like, so the government's actually making money out of me not earning from my tenant. You know, it's just like, it just drives me insane. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And you know, like you said at the beginning of that, there's, you know, it could be a number of reasons why you ended up with those tenants. But the fact of the matter is that in the buy to let space, if you don't buy correctly, that's one thing. If you don't tenant correctly, and if you don't manage correctly, 
then you're always running the risk. And actually you could all you could do all of those things great. And then your tenant could be made redundant. They've got a couple of kids and they get stuck in the property not paying rent. It, um, it doesn't really matter. But both my tenants that have screwed me over checked out everywhere. Yeah. All that and everything. Absolutely clean as a whistle. And then they've been Anyway, anyway, that nightmare will be over soon. So. Yeah, good. Well, it, it, it's like any investment, isn't it? There, there's always going to be those risks, whether you invest in Apple or property or, you know, cryptocurrency, whatever it might be. There's always going to be those risks. But what I guess what I guess you've done is increased your income from the same investment vehicle. And yes, there might be additional risks, but because you've got such an increased income from one investment vehicle, it balances out across your portfolio, right? Yeah, so I mean, you know, not every property works. You know, you might get a dud as I call it, but in, in the main, even a dud property will probably break even across a year. You know, you might be a tiny bit down, but for the majority they do make, I think I worked out my, my, my short-term rental owned portfolio makes 3.6 times more than my tenant portfolio. So, yeah. you know, th th that's quite big numbers and um, quite quite a difference in profit margin. And then it's it's more about what can you do with that extra cash? Because, you know, once you've paid your wages and paid yourself and all that sort of stuff, you're then building this cash pile. So it's like, I've got to reinvest that. So it allows you to actually buy more assets. So, yeah. you know, I, I've been able over, you know, over the last three years, I've been able to, you know, fund myself, you know, several million pound portfolio that I now own. You know, and that's mine. No one can ever take that away from me. Using the cash from rent to rent management and obviously the owned assets as it's continued to come through. So it, it really does have many benefits, but it's not easy. And I, I you know, I, I, I hate seeing all these people jumping jumping into it, thinking that it's it's you know, it, it's a business. It's not like being a landlord. Like really, I probably shouldn't be on this podcast because I'm not actually a landlord. <laughs> I'm not a landlord. We're a, we're a sales and marketing business. You know, and at the back end, we've got to do hospitality, but really we're marketeers. We've got to drive bookings. We've got to, you know, we now only rely on the OTAs. In Dubai, we're 90% direct bookings, 90% and above. In the UK, we're about anywhere from 67% up over, depending on the month. So we're really working hard on getting off the, the OTAs because most people that are in short-term rentals, they, they actually don't own a business. They just are employed by Airbnb. You know, they're, they're, that's it. Because if Airbnb stopped tomorrow, they have no business. You know, I yeah. spoke in Miami last week, or the week before, and I, I said, right, everyone stand up who's in short-term rental hosting. Everyone stand up. And I was like, right, stay standing if you control more than 40, if Airbnb, booking.com, etc., are more than 40% of your bookings. Most of them still up. Stay standing if you think you've got a business if they went out of business overnight and pretty much everyone sat down, you know, and it's like, it just shows you like you, you haven't got a business if you're not building a foundation. And when Airbnb did their whole little stint around COVID, it really like hit home to me that I need to get off this. I need to get off this drug. And, um, you know, and I've worked really hard. We've got, you know, full-time SEO team now. We've got, you know, we've just uh, launched our new direct booking website, which is, you know, being cleverly mapped out and it's all in aid of getting to be so self-sufficient that we don't even need the channels anymore and i think that is a proper short-term rental business not oh i've got some properties and i'll just bang them on airbnb otas by the way online travel agents yeah 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 so, yeah, yeah cool so, because they just they, they control you and they continue to increase commissions they continue to refund guests you've got no control over anything and as i said you know if they turn their platforms off you have no ways of bringing in any 
any bookings. And, and that's a sad state of affairs for the majority of, it's even worse in the States. Like they literally don't even think about direct bookings. It's just all Airbnb and it's, it's madness. But I think that's what really sets us apart, but has also helped us drive the success because you know, we're paying less commissions out, we're in more control of our guests, we're getting longer bookings, we're, you know, not turning over as many times, so our costs are kept low. You know, I think last month in the UK, our average length of stay was 26 days. So, right. you know, whereas I would imagine most people is probably somewhere like 3.5 to 3.6, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of education. You've got to teach yourself these things. You don't know what you don't know. If I listen back to that first podcast we did, no, I definitely, you know, didn't know anything that I know now, but the experience, the lessons, the the pain, I think teaches you more than anything. And yeah, it's a great industry. Um, and I, I'm not sure that I will ever go back to the tenant side of things now. Yeah. And what, what I'm getting from this as well is that you've, you've kind of created your own little niche, really. And I'm not saying no one else does it, but you've created a niche in that you've taken serviced accommodation, holiday lets, short-term lets, all of that stuff. And you've, it sounds like you've got rid of holiday let market of the, the little one and two nighters. Yeah. And you've really focused on the short-term let stuff, which is more about perhaps, um, I don't know, yeah, actually, you elaborate. <laughs> I'm interrupting with an important request. Use my lettings team to find your next tenant to fully manage your property or both. It doesn't matter whether you've already got a letting agent and you fancy a change or you just want to find a good tenant. Email me direct. It's tom at sonegroup.co.uk or use my property team to find you a good buy-to-let property. Off-market, below-market value, high-yield buy-to-let properties. Join my buy-to-let VIP list and we'll send those buy-to-let properties straight to your email. Again, contact me direct. It's tom at uk, or you can message me through my Facebook page or just comment below and we'll contact you. I mean, the hotels that I've got, they're different. They have to operate on a much smaller scale, but there are, they're in good locations and that, and that, that works. But even then we're still attracting um, longer bookings, uh, the way that we market and position ourselves. The majority of the stuff that we get, it ranges. I mean, in the UK, it's very much, you know, corporate travel, contractors, um, you know, various different businesses needing, you know, longer stays in different cities for their employees. And uh, in Dubai, it's very much expat relocations that we work with. We work with corporates. There's a few rules out there, which mean they can't always just get a property straight away when they land in the country. So they do need somewhere. So we kind of tapped into that market. I kind of spotted that early on and, um, and have kind of positioned ourselves that way as well like if you look at our website where we talk we talk more about expat relocations rather than hey come to dubai on a holiday yeah. um you know and at the minute we've got as sad as it is but we, we've literally got russians like escaping russia and booking like yearlies with us just like we'll have a flat for a year just you know just there's the money let's just stay and um so we're, we're doing a lot of that business at the minute but it's again it's not come from it's not come by chance. It's, it's a lot of 
I'm very analytical. I, I you know, I, I don't go near a property now. The closest I go to a property right now is on a Google spreadsheet, and um, that that is it. And I just that is it. You know, you, you're looking at numbers. That's all we're doing. Like, what's that one doing? You know, and then we'll tweak the data to say, right, let's put a longer minimum night stay on a property and what effect has that had over the last three months? And we're kind of just testing and analyzing. And from doing that, we've been able to, I think, create quite a unique model that, that then does drive these longer stays and ultimately make us more money, which is, is the aim of the game, really. Yeah, and, and look, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier on about, look, this, this is not easy. If you're a landlord that's got a buy-to-let portfolio right now and you're thinking of ways, how can I make more money out of this? The obvious thought is to try and go down the same route that you've gone down of renting those properties out on a short-term basis rather than long-term tenancies. But it's not easy. There's a ton of work, right? Yeah. And um, and actually, I think this podcast is probably perfect for you because it sounds like what you've done, you mentioned a few buzzwords, automate, systemize, and outsource. And that's exactly what the anonymous landlord is. So it's it's your landlord that doesn't landlord. And what you've built, if I'm hearing this correctly, is a, an entire system where, and we'll come on to the franchise bit in a minute, but an entire system where all of this stuff is being managed for you. Yeah, I mean, if I had my time again, I would just get properties and give them away. <laughs> someone else manage them, yeah. I, I went deep into it, obviously acquired a lot quite quickly. So I, I kind of had to build the back end out and and then I figured, well, I've been through the pain, so I might as well just, you know, roll with it now. But um, it does allow us obviously that opportunity to manage for other owners. And yeah, I think you, you, you've got two options. You either, you know, a bit like you buy a let's, you either just give it to an agency and they just manage it and do the bits and bobs. Same with us, we'll just manage it, we'll drive the bookings, we'll, you know, control the costs and then obviously pay out each month. Or you have to build all that yourself. And, you know, depending on how big you grow, how quick you grow and what your mindset is to employees, I think that's a big thing. A lot of people see them as costs, whereas I see them as investments, is to whether you'll actually build a back-end team that's worthy enough to actually function a hospitality business. And don't get me wrong, like we're not perfect. You know, it's the back-end is hard work. This business, you know, I was talking with my friend, in cans and you know he's got a very big portfolio down there and we're saying like it's mental how multi-million pound businesses around the world are run by cleaners and it's and that's no disrespect to cleaners but they're not business people they're not business focused they're not entrepreneurial you know uh because if they were they wouldn't be a cleaner um and they are effectively you know if they do a bad job so that gets the, the shit if they do a good job, it's us that benefit from that. If they don't turn up, it's us that get it in the neck, you know. So our brands and our profitability rely on cleaners. It's madness, it's absolute madness. So in that instance, no management company, no short-term rental company is gonna be perfect because you're relying on unreliable people to actually support your business. Yes, you have plan B and plan C, D, E and F sometimes, but um, you know, it's, it, it, it is hard and I think that's very much where I think people get demotivated by this game and go, do you know what, enough's enough. I don't care how much the money's coming in at the front end, I can't deal with that anymore. And I've been there definitely, you know, I've definitely looked at, listen, how much does it cost me just to give this to somebody else? Yeah. You know, and, uh, but, you know, I do feel like we are ahead of the game. You know, I'm actually currently, I've just, um, 
recruited two developers in-house who are building out a full software suite for me. That'll take us about eight months and that'll basically uh, cover every single bit of kit that I currently use with external providers. I'll, I'm bringing it all in-house. Obviously, it's quite an investment in that, but long-term, that's that's a huge asset to the business. So uh, hopefully you can kind of get that the back end isn't just ring a cleaner and take and you come and clean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts to it. It's like a logistics company at the back end. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, I mentioned quite a lot in quite a few episodes on this podcast about things like your reason for getting into property in the first place, right? Because nobody invests in property, whether you do buy to let, short term let, HMO, whatever it is, nobody invests in property so that they can become a tenancy manager or a property manager or an administrator, nobody. Yeah. Yet what tends to happen is when you're presented with an extra 50 quid a month, do it all yourself, then you tend to try and do it all yourself. It just it baffles me um but hey you know i don't i've got a load of shares in in meta and apple and amazon right i don't go and work for them i just have the shares <laughs> and that's warren buffett's strategy isn't it just buy companies basically and let them do the work but uh right. so all right perfect well, well I, I like what you've described there in the you know if we're talking to buy to let landlords right now and we're saying look what else can you do what we're saying is you can go in the short-term let market, you can go for that, you can change your current strategy to make more money, but don't bloody do it yourself. Get a company in to run it all. So, so talk us through how that looks and, and what someone could do if they've got a portfolio. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have a brand standard and this is one thing that I've done over the last probably 15 months. Um, we've probably got rid of 100 owners in the last 15 months where they just, the stock's not up to, the, up to up to the mark anymore. You know, it's got to be out the box. They're not willing to improve it. Um, you know, they're in not, not great areas, although the data might say they'll work. You know, we've had, you know, people putting windows through. We've had, you know, just in bad areas. Just, you know, they just don't like the fact there's an Airbnb next door, so they just put the windows through all the time. You know, so we've been through that pain. And now the first part of it for us is, you know, we don't actually accept everybody like we used to and like most companies do because it's our brand that gets tarnished not yeah. the landlords because they're just sat behind the scenes so that for me has been a big move obviously we we lost a lot of revenue from that but long term i know that's going to pay us back tenfold so we have a brand standard so first and foremost we check that the property is up to brand standards and if not we'll recommend what it needs to be if they say they don't want to spend the money we'll say okay we well, need to go and work with somebody else you know and i think that's really important as a property manager to be able to have that gumption to be able to sack a client or say no to somebody so we would then i try and put people off because if then they still want to work with us then they're a good client yeah <laughs> but uh, but yeah and then if it ticks the boxes which you know majority of properties do then we will give them a full analysis of what we think we can drive we use various data softwares and we'll just you know give them the external data and then from that they can make a decision obviously we explain you know how our fee works and um, how we run it but in essence we get it listed across all the websites that we're on uh you know we run all of our back-end email campaigns things like that including properties launch the properties try and just get them get them driven speak to our corporate network and then just drive the bookings in at the front end collect the money pay the bills throughout the month so the cleaning the linen the maintenance and then at the end of the month obviously that just gets deducted from the revenue we collected minus our fee and then we pay them the rest back and then they just need to take care of 
bills, Wi-Fi, mortgages if they've got them, and or rents if it's a rent to rent. In all fairness, I'm, I, as part of the qualification, I'm taking on less and less rent to rent deals because uh, unless they're a portfolio, uh, reason being is the majority of rent to rent deals from you know people who are maybe it's their first, second, or third one. They've either bought them off a deal sourcer and the figures are rubbish as usual, or they are done it themselves and not got the data right and they're expecting too much. So uh, that analysis phase we normally do, they'll probably go, oh, well, I was told I'll get 150 pound a night and you're only saying 95. And we'll say, well, we know what we're doing and whoever's giving you those figures don't. So that's the reality. But if that doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for us either because we don't want to be driving that amount of money and then you be saying you're not making me enough because then they just go on Facebook and start shouting and blah, blah, blah. But actually, it's not our fault. The fault was actually where they got the deal from at the beginning. You know, I think you mentioned earlier about buying your bike lets in the right area. It's the same with this, whether you're renting them or buying them, you've got to get them in the right location and get the right property types to make the money. And it's not our fault if the money's not being made because I do think that we will overachieve the general market in terms of what we drive in terms of revenue and length of stay. And, you know, I, I do think that there's, there's proof there that we have done that over the years and consistently versus a, a property manager that just bangs out on Airbnb and doesn't really know what they're doing and puts a two night minimum stay. So that's kind of what, what it looks like for us. So when we do work with clients, we do tend to work with them for quite a long period of time because of the due diligence at the front end and sort of setting those expectations. Portfolio landlords are definitely one of our focus points, multi-unit landlords. So anybody that's got a block of flats, they work incredibly well for what we're doing. And they're the type of people that, that really we, we want to work more with and, and grow with over, over the years. Perfect. And I mean, uh... Look, I, I'm asking for myself now, you know, because I've got, as you know, I've got a portfolio up in the Northeast as well as other parts of the country, but um, certainly the portfolio up in the Northeast, I'd be silly if I didn't consider this, mm. especially now where, you know, I've got a couple of properties that are coming up for a mortgage renewal yeah. and inevitably my mortgage interest rate is going to be higher than what it was a few years ago. So. I'm obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a businessman at the end of the day, so I'm looking for ways where I can maximise that income. Yeah. So, I think, you know, I, think all, I mean, I, I've had a few statements through as well coming off fixed, and you know, I think you know, in the northeast, you probably made what 350 to 500 quid max per month on a on net profit. Yeah. You know, your your mortgage is probably 150, 200 quid. That's now about to go to 400 quid. Yeah, because the, you know, if I'm actually just, you know without going into that, I, I'm pretty much just going to ride the SBRs for a while and just see how it goes, you know, and just, yeah, same. I, I just, and, and then decide what's happening, you know, but, you know, at the minute, I think there's a 4% spread on the, on the base rate of fixed terms, which I think is ridiculous. So, but yeah, you know, it's definitely another opportunity, but you know, it's a case of looking at each unit, analyzing the area, setting expectations, and then, you know, working together on that, on that trust basis that, you know, we do know what we're doing and, We'll try our absolute best to drive as much revenue as we can at those properties, keep the costs as low as possible. You know, we don't make any money from maintenance or anything like that. That's not what I'm in this for. You know, yeah. the more 
I, I find, and it's the same with franchisees, like the more money I can put in someone's back pocket, the more chance they're going to get another unit and give it to us to then earn more from, you know? So that's kind of my methodology of this long-term relationship and working with people. And and I think, you know, rather than just thinking, oh, well, I'll, I'll get like six months worth of quick fix here, there, and drip a bit here and drip a bit there. It's very much just like, you know, just transparency. That's what we do. If you like it, great, we'll work together. If we don't, then there's plenty of other people out there. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, um, maybe we'll talk about that another time and uh, I'd be certainly interested to see your thoughts on that. But what about finding properties? If I if I say, right, I've got, I've got 30 grand cash, right? And what do I do with it? Yeah, interesting question. Um, for me with 30K, I'd buy, I'd get six rent to rent. Because um, yeah. uh, I'm very much, like at the minute, the, 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 the asset purchaser market is just, just a headache you know like the conveyancing taking forever the mortgage companies are all over the place you know it's just trying to remortgage stuff it's just so right now i'm very much the next six months just focusing on just rent to rent um i mean it's always a focus because you know we can take five ten of them on next week this week you know we can take ten on the week after it's like the, the sky's the limit and every single one of them done correctly analyzed correctly makes money so it's a case of just how many of them can you get? And that's pretty much what my acquisition team do on the ground is just constantly speaking with landlords and we're driving leads for landlords wanting, you know, fixed rent guarantees. And But with, with 30K, I would, you know, look at, you know, six or so rent to rent units in the right locations. Uh, you'd probably have a bit of change from that if, if you could find some good ones. And that, that should add, you know, three, three and a half grand a month to your, to, to your revenue net you know so, so you're earning an extra 40k a year there or thereabouts what about if i'm thinking about more of buying assets yeah again i'm probably we're probably talking the difference between 30k for six rent to rents or 30k for buying one property right yeah so that's kind of my thought process you buy your one property and make five hundred quid a month i'm gonna yeah. buy i'm gonna buy six and make three and a half grand so but if i'm only saying it i'm only saying it by the way because there are a lot of people that I know that we'll look at it the same way as you do. That yeah. look at it of 30 grand, what's the top, what's the maximum return on that investment I can achieve? Yeah. But there are other people that have that security and comfort in owning the asset as well. Yeah. So we yeah. should cater for both, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, my thought process has slightly changed on buying assets. So I think at the beginning, and I, and I think this probably helps depending on where your audience is. So if you're at the beginning, you've got one pot of money, you wanna try and spin that as many times as you can to, to get as many assets as you can, because you can only make so much cash flow from one asset. I, I don't invest for, for equity growth. I'm, I'm honestly not bothered by it. I know it'll happen, yeah. it does great, it doesn't. If I do things right anyway, that's gonna be the kids. So I'm not even gonna see that. So I invest for cash flow. So I think at the beginning, you want to try and get as many units as you can. So you've got to operate the BRR strategy. You need to buy cheap, you need to remodel, and you need to refinance and make sure your numbers are correct so your money's not getting stuck. That has been a very difficult market the last 12 or so months. Uh, I think no matter how, you know, even us as experienced investors have, have found that market tough and we're having to do probably bigger refurbs than we wanted to, to try and add the value and extensions or, you know, loft conversions or whatever. But that is, I think, where you've got to start if you've only got, say, 30K and that's all you've got. If you've got, you know, maybe a bit more, 100K, I would potentially just go and buy four units ready to go, 25% deposit on each, and then just, just bang them as short-term rentals. And in about two years, you'll have that money washed back out. Could even be sooner. Yeah. If you, if, if you get good and I think you know that's the great thing about short-term rentals versus 
you know, a typical deal or a typical landlord will probably look at a five-year return on cash if they're buying a buy to let and, you know, looking at, you know, somewhere even 10 years, depending on the profitability. But for me, I think with short-term rental, you can get that money back out quicker because obviously you're increased in your revenue and your profitability. Yeah, and how how do you give us a couple of tips on how you would buy for short-term rentals? What's the first few things that you would look at? Let's 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 look at the northeast because I, I love the northeast for investment. Per I'm the same as you, by the way. I invest for cash flow. If it yeah. grows in value, amazing. I've got portfolios in other areas of the country which grow in value, or are more likely to grow in value. But if you're always investing for cash flow, then one way or another, your cash will grow. Yeah. Right, but what do you look for in buying a property for short-term rentals? It's a good question, and I don't think there's one sort of straightforward answer. I think, for me, I think most properties work, and especially if you're buying where you run a mortgage rather than a rental, you've got more chance of it working because you break even points a lot less, yeah. and really all you're trying to do is get more than you would as a as a buy to let. So you don't need to like I've got I've got a house in like out, outskirts of Durham and it probably only runs at about 56% occupancy, but it still makes more than it would if it was a buy-to-let. So for me, that's fine, because that, that achieves the goal that I'm trying to achieve is more cash flow from that, that unit. But in, again, in areas, it depends. Um, you know, like Dubai, for example, obviously it's all apartments. So villas aren't as appealing as apartments. Apartments work well, because they're in the best areas. Whereas say in Newcastle, like right now, our sort of four, five and six bed houses are doing incredibly well because the corporates want maximum for their money. So they know if they can get more people in a the house, then they need to put in hotels, then, you know, the cost basis for them because it's just an expense works. So it totally depends. But having said that, you know, we've got two bed terraced houses. We've got, you know, one bed flats, you know, and they all work well as well. So. I think it's more about finding the right area for what you want to do. So I know I analyzed, uh, someone offered me a property in some somewhere in South Wales. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with sort of the, the different cities and stuff um, and villages, but you know, the data just didn't work. You know, it was a two bed terrorist and it was like 49% occupancy and you know, just it just didn't work. So there are some areas that I think don't work. And then similarly, there's some areas where, you know, there's, you know, Part of like say Sunderland that you know you just don't want to have an operation. <laughs> but uh, notice you've picked on Sunderland there, <laughs> mate. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, not only have we got an amazing football team right now <laughs> compared to them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so, so you know, it, it's. I think this is where the experience kicks in, and yeah. I think this is where you know, it, it, like two, three years ago, I didn't know this. I just kind of potluck. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it, and tried it, but now. I've studied the data, we analyze the data, we look at what's working, we look at what's not working probably more than anything. And, and that gives you a clear picture of, oh, they're working quite nicely, they're not working so well. You know, like during COVID, once COVID happened, like London was an absolute shit show. Like it was like, get out of London. And that, and that happened, that, that lasted for about 18 months. You know, like the other properties were ticking along. Yeah, we didn't have weekends, but they were ticking a lot. London was just a ghost town. It was like, you know, yeah. the data told us that. So we made the right decisions strategically to protect the company. So it's it's stuff like that, that I think you've got to be aware of. But I think, you know, coming back to, you know, your landlord that wants to be passive, when they work with a professional company like ourselves or, or, or anyone similar who knows what they're doing, they, you know, will advise, like if you say, I want to buy in 
you know, if you come to me and say, Ryan, I've got 100K, where, where should I buy in Newcastle? I'll say, you need to buy that, 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 and that. You know, and, and, and that's because we know that you'll then give them to us and it'll work for everybody, you know? But a side note on that, I'll only do that for serious people because I don't want everyone just pitching me deals saying, will this work, will that not work? But uh, there's plenty of data. We use AirDNA a lot, it's a good data tool. It gives you a lot of data, a lot of information. Uh, it can sort of project what your revenue is going to be. And that's a good tool that, that we kind of use a lot of these days and the numbers are fairly accurate. Okay, yeah, really good. And last point on that, if I'm a landlord, well, my podcast is called The Anonymous Landlord, so you get the gist of what I'm about to ask you. If I wanted to be, let's say I said to you, here's a property in any four, it's set up for a HMO, here you go, take it, I'm off. <laughs> yeah. Can that be done? Can someone be truly anonymous to the whole thing? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, all we need is, is the keys and then we just work with you on, you know, right. We try not... I, I try not to do furniture packs in the UK anymore because they're just a pain and there's no money in them. For the amount of time it takes my team to put them together, we can concentrate on other things. So I prefer there's the keys that's ready to go. In the Northeast, we can operate a bit differently because we do actually hold a warehouse full of stock. So we can be a bit more flexible in the Northeast. But if you've got HMO, that's probably already dressed and, and set up. Uh, it'll tick most of the boxes. It might just be a case of we need to put a feature wall in or we need to put yeah. some plants in or whatever. But yeah, in the main, that sounds like it's going to tick the box. It is very much just give us the lockbox code and we'll go and retrieve the keys. We'll do a deep clean on it. We'll send in a professional photographer and get it properly photographed because that is one of the biggest things in this game is, is make sure that you've got that staging correct at the beginning. And then, yeah, then we just do everything else. We list it. Uh, obviously, you need to sign your contract, which is e-signed, very easy. We do ask you to fill in an onboarding form, which just helps the team list it better so they're not having to keep coming to you and saying, where's the gas meter, where's this, where's that, where's that? So once we've got that detail, we put that into our back-end system so it's stored forever and the guys can use it and search it. And then we just go go, go running it, you know, and, and just driving that revenue. Uh, give you access to your bookings online. You've got a portal you can log into and see it if you really want to. You can see what's happening and what your length of stays are, what your revenue is. And then obviously you get your investor statement at the end of each month and your money. Simple as that really. And you can just sit on a beach in Dubai and collect your cash. Well, I've got off the top of my head right now, I've got four properties that I'll definitely fire across to you to have a look at. One of them's a HMO. One of them's a lovely cottage in probably the prime location in Darlington. Darlington. I've got another one, anyway. Northeast, Newcastle areas. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, the biggest stock actually is working very well for us up here at the minute. Uh, I, I have a, I think it's more the the sort of guest type that we're now sort of focusing on. It yep. speaks probably a bit more, but uh, I think there's definitely a bit of a coincidence there that the way we've kind of changed our strategy is leaning more towards the bigger stock. But don't get me wrong, the little stock's still performing, you know, incredibly well as well, you know. So it's just doing. I think doing what we're doing and. You know, just keep doing more of it. As I kind of said earlier, just, you know, if, if you're good at something, just keep doing more of it and you, and you should naturally yield the same result. Well, what I'll do then, after this, I'll send you across the details, have a look at it. And if we could do some business together, then great. And what I'll do for anybody listening to this is I'll give you an idea of what I'm achieving from these properties. As long as Ryan says, yep, they're good, we'll take over and we'll put them out as short-term lets. I'll let every all the audience know how that's going so you can get a bit of real-time experience. 
Um, but I want to finish up by just asking, look, you've given us a lot of information here about short-term lets and about how you can make more money in other ways from your existing properties and risks and rewards, things like that. But I guess everyone's going to be thinking, well, this all sounds fantastic, but what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to get this done? So cue Ryan, Ryan Luke, to tell us how you can save everybody's time and energy and effort. Yeah. Um, I just don't bother. It's probably the easiest. <laughs> no, that was a terrible sales pitch, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, we, um, so about, what was it, end of, end of 20, God, where are we at now? <laughs> end of 2021. So it's been just over a year, probably about 15 months, 14 months. And I was thinking, how can I scale this thing quicker? So my initial thought was, I recruit salespeople in every postcode in the UK, give them a load of money, show them the ropes of how to find, you know, rent, rent, manage contracts, assets, etc. Then I thought about all of the HR and the recruitment and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, I realized that that could be quite a task. I think it was achievable, but it was, you know, it, it looked a lot when I mapped it out. So I had this kind of light bulb moment of franchising the business and basically taking away the pain points that most people have in this business which slows them down which is the back end so i designed a franchise which effectively which you know would suit a lot of as you said the, the passive investor landlord to an extent they they still they get to do the fun stuff like for me there's nothing more fun than doing deals with landlords and estate agents and you know getting the contract signed and getting that property over the line and then you know them ringing you up and being like i've got more i've got more i've got more and that for me is the enjoyable bit about this whole in industry that, that we're, we're operating in. The pain is dealing with the guests, you know, because as much as we love them, they're a pain in the ass. And, um, you know, there's, you know, various reasons. Everyone's got different expectations. You know, I say it quite often, there will be people going to stay in the seven star Burj Al Arab and complain. You know, it's a seven star hotel. We'd be thinking, how can you ever complain? But there will be because it won't meet their expectations of what they see as value for money. And that's unfortunately hospitality. And I think you've got to accept that. So, but what I found when in my days when I was coaching people was I could quite easily get them to sort of 10, 15 properties quite quickly by the methods that we use with deal sourcing and the marketing and everything like that. But then what I found is they wouldn't listen and expand their backend team or do, do that side of it. And they'd blow up and then they end up going 15, 14, 10, and then eventually go, I just, I want out. Or then they start recouping again and they've wasted years. So I was like, right, what I want is, because my end target is 5,000 units by the end of 2024. So I'm like, how do I get there quicker? So if I can, keep people moving on the front end and support them as well. And then we, we we run the back end so they're not getting tied up in that, then it's a good fit. And and that really seems to be appealing to a lot of a lot of people. So they're they're not only buying into a brand that's already proven. And and also the you know if if I come into you know your agency and I'm like, hey I'm Ryan, I was on a Samuel Leeds course last week, I want to start short term rentals, you'd be like, yeah mate, fuck off. So whereas if I come in and I'm like, hey, I'm Ryan, I'm part of Luke Stage, we manage 80 million pounds worth of property, we're looking to acquire 14 units in this location, have you got anything? Yeah, do you wanna sit down and let's talk? It's a different story altogether. And also what I've found is just them being able to use the brand and have their business cards, et cetera, it just gives them a, a new leaf of confidence. 
So even when they're, they're brand new in the game, they can like go out with confidence, chest out and be like, I'm going to get some deals here because I've got this big brand behind us that are, you know, proven. We've got the trust certificates. We've got, you know, all the certifications, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's so far, it, you know, we're 14 months into it. I think we've got about 13 or 14 franchisees now so far. Uh, we're, you know, we're getting more and more interest across the globe, not just in the UK. And it, it's a great fit. The people that are in it are getting great results and fast, which is exactly what I, I designed it for. And they love the fact that they don't have to deal with the back end. So what you've done is you've combined all of the training, all of the training, coaching you've, and mentoring you've ever done. Mm -hmm. Now turned that into a franchise where people can take your franchise so they are free to just go out and get properties and then pass them to your back office team who will run it all fill it up get the guests get the revenue and make it all basically what what you're doing is you're empowering somebody to be an entrepreneur yeah without having to be the manager operator correct right. yeah yeah and that's per that that sits with me and really you know i've been buying letting agents and with a view to looking at those portfolios that are under management and seeing what opportunities there are. Like I've just agreed to buy one in the new forest, right? It's a top, top spot for people here. And I know that a load of those properties are ripe for this. So, you know, these sorts of things for anybody listening to this that's got properties or letting agents, I get loads of letting agents listening to this. You know, maybe this is something you could bolt on to letting agencies as well. Or is that what you wanted to talk to me about? No, no, that's something else. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it can, it can bolt. The main thing is you're buying the brand, which is established. And I think that, you know, as you know, I think it takes a while to build a trusted brand. And, um, you know, I think we've, we've done that and it allows them to then just have that, you know, many people might have already seen like other people post and stuff about being part of like, we give them marketing. We do done for you marketing as well. So we're like, right, this is a post, put that out. This is the post, put that out. And so we're, we're not, it's not just me or my team doing it now. It's like, we've got this network of people now building the brand even more. And even things like, you know, if, if you go on like Northeast and search on Airbnb, I guarantee you we're on probably at least six, if not more of the first 20 listings. But the way that we position ourselves, we stand out. So then people are naturally going to go, who's Luke's days? They, they keep popping on my feed. So for me, it's like the more properties we get, like once we've got 5,000, you're going to see us everywhere. And then people can't not then use the signals we use to then come on and, and book direct with us because we've got quite a clever way that we take people off the OTAs to book direct. So they get that, they're, they're like, there's so many different spin off benefits to it versus trying to do it on your own. Um, and the ones that buy into it and buy into the, the vision and, and, and the, the community and the culture that we've, we've developed and have developed really get it and really perform and, and it's really pleasing for me to see because you know I, that was what I designed it for so I could as you said earlier empower entrepreneurs to, to who they know they've got it in them they just maybe can't do it themselves and it's just giving them that extra bit of hope I love it mate and and like us like we were saying earlier on the journey you've taken from our first interview back then um, to where you are now and where it looks like you're going to is is awesome, mate. And you deserve everything you get. Appreciate it. It's, 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 it's been hard work. It, it is, you know, as I was saying earlier online, like, 
this year has been a testing year. You know, we're scaling quickly, and when you're scaling quickly, you've got to employ a lot of staff quickly, which doesn't necessarily mean you're employing the right staff because sometimes you're just trying to fill a gap. And you know, and then you know, as you'll know, with staff, a bad staff can be toxic to the whole environment, and that can cause issues in performance. And you know, so there's been a lot of learning curves. I bought a development January last year, and that's been a total waste of money. Um, you know, learned a lot from that, and you know. There's been a lot I feel like we've learned from this year, but I'm excited to kick on next year based on those those learnings. And, you know, probably blown a bit of money this year on certain things, but I kind of don't see that as lost money. I just see it as an investment in my education and uh, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll put it right and, and move forward. But, you know, in the main, everything's you know still going to plan. And I think in business, you can't expect every year to be just plain sailing and, and and this year has definitely been a very up and down up and down up and down for the first half of the year last quarter was good and obviously this quarter is looking looking pretty good as well and then hopefully we can we'll, we'll kick on next year as well so but um as you build you unfortunately have to get staff and as much as i i love my team and you know i couldn't do it without them there are some that i've had to let go and you know some that have come and then left you know and just as you're getting a bit of momentum and as you know, running running staff, that's just part of the game, unfortunately. It's a lot easier when it's just you. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I, I feel your pain as well. Yes, I'll have a coffee, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel your pain and I've been through it as well and probably will go through it many, many times. But look, let me, let me finish up by saying to anybody that's listening to this, um, it's easy to listen to what Ryan's saying and it's easy to think, oh, do you know what? I wanna give this a go. I want to make a bit more money from my my properties. Um, but if you're driving and you're thinking, oh, I've got to remember all of this, just contact me. I will, I'm not going to charge anything. I will just connect you up with Ryan who can talk to you about what properties, what you can and cannot do with properties. I'm going to be doing the same. So if you're listening, thinking I want to make more money, then let me know. Or if you can remember by the time you finish driving, Get in touch with Ryan Luke. What, Facebook? Probably the easiest one? LinkedIn. I tend to hang out on LinkedIn. LinkedIn? Yeah. Okay. And go for it. Go for it. We're all just trying to make a bit of extra money, right? You know, the great the great thing about short-term rentals is the flexibility. So, you know, I always say, what's the worst that can happen? You can always, like, if, if it's not working, you can stop the operation there and then and just find a tenant. Yeah. It's not like tenants, like now you're thinking, I've got 10 houses, I'm gonna to have to serve section 21s, da, 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 in a few months I'll have them. It's literally like, Ryan, this isn't working, can you just stop the bookings as of end of the month and, and then I'll just find another tenant. Yeah, no worries, you know what I mean? So the flexibility, and that's why I love the game, you know, on the front end flexibility with guests, if they trash your properties, you've got the credit card, so you just wax it, you know? <laughs> they, they have no rights, so you can kick them out, you know? But on the back end, for the, for the landlords, it's like, the flexibility is there. If it's not working out, then, you know, I just think you've got so much to gain and so little to lose. And, and that, that's the mentality I would take with it. Yeah, I am with you, mate. All right, so I'm going to um, finish up this, this interview now. And then after this, we'll have a quick chat about the thing you wanted me to talk about, you want to talk to me about, and then we will talk business after. But <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. This, this is just another way that you can maximize your property business. You don't have to take a franchise, but if you wanna make a business out of it, take a franchise. What's the point in building all of it for yourself? Ryan's done it. So you might as well copy and paste your own way to success, right? 
100%. But if you just want more money from your existing properties, here's one other way to do it. But mate, thank you very much for joining me and sharing all of that. That was a lot of information. Uh, pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> yep, you are welcome. So we'll do it again in six months, yeah? <laughs> right, I'm going to end this episode by saying tune in next week when I'm going to be interviewing, I don't know, Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tune in for that.